The Beginning of the End is sponsored by Detroit Bikes, a company inspired by the utilitarian ideals of European bike culture and the manufacturing spirit of Detroit, where they are built. Detroit bikes are minimalist, yet stunning bikes that are light and very well made with the commuter in mind. Check them out at DetroitBikes.com. It's 6.45 p.m. February 20th, and again, I'm just sitting in my room trying to finish all the homework that I have to do, and I'm just thinking that there's not enough time. There's never enough time. So I'm so caught up on school, on homework, on extracurriculars, on scholarships, on trying to make sure I get into the colleges of my dreams. And how do you make time to just sit and make sure that you're fine? I just wonder. Some people have it so together, but I'm not one of those people. But I have homework to do, so here I go. Remember high school? How can you forget it? It was huge. It was like the end of being a kid and the beginning of my midlife crisis. It was the beginning of real-life consequences and the end of BSing your way through things. At least that's how it was for me. I remember when it finally hit me, which was probably a lot later than it hit other kids, that it was really truly up to me to make the right choices to get somewhere in life. At that time, I didn't really care to have a roadmap. I was too immature. And when I look back at it, I was definitely in conflict with what I thought I should do versus what I wanted to do. I was not an exceptional student, but on today's episode, you're going to meet some unbelievable high school seniors from Detroit who had a plan and drew up the map and knew at a very young age that they were in charge of the outcome of their lives. But it didn't come easy. Some of the obstacles they faced would stop some of us old people dead in our tracks. Here's their story. From WDET in Detroit, this is the beginning of the end. Stories about when, how, and why things end. I'm Alex Trujano. Thanks so much for listening. Well, as you may have figured out, today's episode is about the end of high school. And it features some cream-of-the-crop seniors from right here in the Detroit public school system. So let's get right to it, shall we? Here's producer Shelby Jopi with their story. I want you to meet Jocelyn, the girl you heard at the top of the show. That was one of many audio diaries that she sent us describing her life and what's going on in her head during the last four months of high school. And this 17-year-old finds herself in the middle of all the confusion that comes along with the beginning of the rest of your life. Grew up in Detroit my entire life. Um, Just a far east little block, you know, really polluted. I live near like two factories. And I don't have really, like, adequate transportation either. How do you get to school? I take the bus, two buses. Um, I wake up at 4, 4.30, and then I take my bus at 6.15, and I get here around 6.40. And then I take the bus home, too, and I stay after school because I have um, to do tutoring for National Honor Society. So I don't get home until probably maybe 7 or 8. (laughs) And then I do homework, and then I go to sleep around 3, and I have an hour of sleep and do it again. (laughs) Like, I really, I don't, I get little, little sleep. 
Jocelyn's 11th in her class of almost 500 students. And she's not at just any Detroit high school. Like, this is Cass Technical High School. It's one of the city's most killer schools. Like, I wish I went there. And I did meet four other students at Cass. You'll meet them in a bit. And I asked them all to record one audio diary a week for the next four months. Here's what I got from Jocelyn in just the first two weeks. Hi, it's Jocelyn. It's 5.40 p.m., February 12th. And I'm standing in my room coming to the realization that I need to make a difference in the world. And I've had this idea since last year that I wanted to start my own organization. Just an organization that turns the negatives into the positives. And it's 12.20 p.m. February 17th and I just tried to get into contact with Dr. Alexa Kennedy. She's the first African-American female neurosurgeon in the United States. And yeah, I'm just ready um, to go to college and just start my life over. I'm ready to move on to bigger and better things. And who says that we can't make the world a better place? We can. Okay, and all of this is going through her head on top of maintaining an intensive AP schedule and planning to go to the University of Michigan so she can study to be a pediatric neurosurgeon. Maybe you can relate, or maybe you were nothing like her at all in high school. Why is she like this? Jocelyn's clearly been running hard, but it's not just toward something, like being the best she can be, making a difference. It's kind of like she's running away from something too. I was raised by my mom and grandmother and we had like a really, really hard upbringing. Um, she lost her job back in 2006 and it's like for four years we went without heat, without water, without, um, electricity. I grew up in a really, really bad neighborhood, so, you know, it's always been like a struggle to for my mom to like keep me out of the way of all the things that are around me, like, you know, drug dealing and murders and stuff like that, so. The things you're surrounded by have an effect on you, and it's like, will that have an effect on me? And I, that's why I work so hard to just keep it away from me. It's like, I don't stop working because when I stop working, I just, I can't function. People always say, Jocelyn, you're such a hard worker, but it's like, if I don't work hard, I don't even know who I am because all I know is to work, to go hard, to do what you want to do. I just need to be not the best, but the best that I can be. My mother is like, I owe so much to her and my grandmother because my father left when I was young and you know that left like a part of me just really broken because you know you when you it just makes you think something's wrong with you when someone who's supposed to be close to you someone who brought you into this world but doesn't even care about your well-being anymore so for the people that are in my life I make the effort to work hard and give them what they want. And she wants to see me succeed. So I owe that at the least to her. Each of the students I met were paving the way. They couldn't just say, well, I guess I'm gonna go to college because that's what my family did. I mean, many of their parents didn't finish or even attend college. So they decide for themselves why they were going to do this. 
and they had to have some pretty damn good reasons because it wasn't going to be easy. So either together with their parents or on their own, these students had to navigate the murky waters of getting into college and wondering if they can even pay for it. Coming up, show me the money. Or better yet, where is the money? And can a 17-year-old actually have a heart attack from stress? Went to the school nurse after experiencing heart attack symptoms and my blood pressure was 172 over 111. Find out after a word from our sponsor. But wait, before we do that, I have a request. Tell us about your senior year in high school. What kind of student were you? What was your plan and how did things turn out? Tweet, Facebook, voice message, or email us at beginningoftheend at wdet.org. All right, we'll be right back. The Beginning of the End is proud to have Detroit Bikes as a sponsor. And their story's pretty cool. Check it out. The founder of Detroit Bikes, Zach Pashik, was a Canadian political candidate, a musician, a club owner, and a music festival entrepreneur who left it all behind to move to Detroit because he wanted to help bring manufacturing back to the Motor City. Yeah, in 2010, I was just really interested in Detroit. I'd, I'd run for office, got really interested in cities and how they work, what makes cities strong, what makes cities not so strong. And Detroit is just a, it's a compelling place, and so I wanted to see it. And I was drawn to it immediately. I found it so, so interesting. And the people here were so interesting. And the conversations people were having were just different than the types of conversations that I found I would have in, in other cities I'd visit. And these were people really trying to make a place better and, and dealing with some big, challenging pieces. Um, and, you know, it just seemed like this was, uh, you know, the, the only place, in, you know, that I'd want to be is right, right in the middle of that, being part of it, helping figure it out. And, and learning from it. So he set up shop in Detroit. And by shop, I mean a 50,000 square foot factory. He bought the steel, hired skilled tradesmen and women, and started manufacturing the coolest commuter type bikes I've ever seen. So well made, I absolutely love my A-type Detroit bike. It looks and feels so great. It kind of has this collectible quality, you know what I mean? Anyway, you gotta check these bikes out at DetroitBikes.com. All right, back to the show. Hey, it's Jocelyn. It's Friday, February 27th, 5.49 p.m. And if I have any advice for any high schooler out there, or heck, even middle schoolers, it's start searching for scholarships as early as you possibly can. I mean, I cannot emphasize enough how hard it is to pay for college. I mean, it's, it's really crazy. And it's like I've applied for so many scholarships, but I really haven't received any outside of the college that I'm going to. So I'm going to sit here on my computer and keep on searching for scholarships. So here I go. Jocelyn wasn't the only one to say this. All the students I met were totally wrecked by the idea in the process of getting the money to pay for college. One of the students, Jade, has gone to some pretty extensive lengths to accomplish what she wants, but is not necessarily having the best luck getting there. Okay, my name is Jade Rhodes. Um, I will be attending University of Hawaii 2015. Um, I'm double majoring in Japanese and environmental architecture and design. I've been working two to three jobs all the way from high school to now. And it was really because, like, my mom was a single parent, so I had to kind of, like, step up at an early age and kind of do what I had to do. 
What do you think is your biggest challenge right now? Finances are really hard right now. Like, that's why I really, I'm like, I need this third job. I'm moving all the way to Hawaii. And, I mean, it's not my only option, but it's my only option for me, if that makes sense. Like, that's, I feel like I need to go there. I got to do whatever it takes to get there. You know, if I don't take the opportunity, when will I have another one like that again? It's kind of like, that's a big thing. And a lot of people in my family, they don't venture out anywhere. So I want to be the one that kind of takes that leap. And, you know, for the kids that are younger than me, they might decide to spread their wings a little bit. But venturing out isn't cheap. I didn't realize how much it was going to cost, really, until this year. Like, it hit me hard. Because I was like, oh, I have great grades. My ACT is pretty good. But I applied for so many scholarships. Like how many, do you think? Easy 100 scholarships. I didn't get not one. And it's not because... I'm not a good student. It's just because it's so many other people so who are doing it. The thing is, most universities and scholarship programs don't tell students until later on in the spring whether or not they got the scholarship, which leaves kids like Jade hanging for a long time, wondering if everything's going to come together. Hi, it's Jocelyn. It's March 5th, 2015, 4.01 p.m. And here I am getting ready for my senior pinning tonight. And I get this email and I open it and I just received notification that I am a Gates Millennium Scholarship finalist. And that is huge. I mean, that pays for all of your college expenses, tuition, room and board, books, meal plans, you know, everything. And that's just I don't know what to say, but I have a senior pity to go to, so here I go. Let's move on to Brenda. She, like Jocelyn and all of the students I talked to, is graduating with honors at the top of her class. My name is Brenda Vasconcelos Ramirez. I plan on attending Dartmouth. That's my dream college. I want to major in business and start a um, construction firm here in Michigan based in Detroit and help reconstruct the city along with mentoring programs for girls. So her story's kind of unique. She moved to the U.S. from a small village in the southernmost part of Mexico when she was six. Actually, she was smuggled in. Her parents were living and working in Detroit, sending money back to their family in Mexico. At one point, they had to decide, like, were they going to move home? Or were they going to have their six-year-old travel like a couple thousand miles to Detroit? And they chose Detroit because of the schools. The options for education in Detroit blew what Brenda would have in Mexico like out of the water. She lived in such a remote village that she would actually have to ride a horse for three hours to get to school. Brenda has temporary permission to stay here and a social security number because of this policy that Obama introduced in 2012 called Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, affectionately known as DACA. But yeah, she's legit. But her undocumented status is still proving to be a huge roadblock for her moving forward. It is March the 17th. It's St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I just had a, a really rough morning because I called schools and I was told, well, if you're undocumented, we really can't offer you a financial aid package. You'll have to pay out of pocket. 
it just broke me down. Like I cried. I cried like for maybe like an hour because here I am thinking I've done everything right. I've been a good student. I'm graduating Phi Kappa Beta. I'm graduating with honors. I'm part of the National Honor Society. I'm a leader. And now I'm told the scholarships that we offered you. Yeah, we can't give you those. It's like it was the biggest slap in the face today. Absolutely. And it just made me think, do I even want to go to college? It is so expensive, I don't think I can afford it. And not being educated because I cannot afford it is like the biggest fear I have. I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is B, and be out. So, how are you, Jocelyn? I'm fine, stressed stress as always, but I'm really excited because I'm a finalist for the Gates Millennium Scholarship, and if I win that, which I'll be notified in April if I do, um, I'll have my entire college expenses paid for for the next 10 years. I, I don't know how to feel. I don't know if I'm anxious, if I'm stressed, if I'm tired, if I'm happy. It's just a, like, just a mixture of emotions, and it's like, I'm just going to explode eventually. <laughs> I don't know what to feel right now. When do you think um, you won't have to be anxious anymore? You know, your anxiety is never going to be over until you, all your dreams, your aspirations come to fruition. Because, you know, 12 years from now, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to achieve everything I wanted to. And I feel like then I can relax. Do you think, though, that, like, you'll have enough energy, like, throughout the 12 years to be this stressed out? I've always worried. It's really sad. It's like, who is Jocelyn Rice? She's the girl who's worrying and stressing all the time. That's who I am. So this audio diary came less than a week after we had that last interview. Hey, it's Jocelyn. It's 7.51 p.m. March 30th. And today I almost had a heart attack. I mean, like, I literally almost had a heart attack. I went to the school nurse after experiencing heart attack symptoms and my blood pressure was 172 over 111 and that's really high especially for someone my age i had no idea what those numbers meant so i looked it up and basically the readings are broken up into five categories from normal all the way to something called hypertensive crisis she was in the crisis category so I'll be missing school tomorrow and, you know, just telling all my friends to grab all my makeup work for me. And they're like, Jocelyn, you need to chill out. You're going to kill yourself. And I feel like I, I see what they mean now. Like, I need to take a break. I need to rest. I need to chill out. I need to not even think about school right now because school is going to put me on my deathbed. She ended up missing a couple days of school because of how sick she was. And one of those friends who's been saying, Jocelyn, you're going to kill yourself, has seen her through the ups and downs of high school since pretty much day one. Meet James. Hi. <laughs> James, like, what advice would you have for Jocelyn? I always knew you were a genius from the first time we met. I always tell you this. You stress too much, Jocelyn. It always affects your physical health, and I just want you to know that you can do whatever it needs to be done because 
You're a genius, Tesla. <laughs> Hi, my name is James McLean, and I would... Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> I will be attending the University of Indianapolis in 2015. I'm 17. I'm from Detroit. How long have you lived here? My entire life. I've been in one home my entire life. So moving somewhere... So far away is so scary, and I'm moving somewhere where I know no one. The tradition is that the guys in my family don't really go to college. I don't want to be the first one to do it, but I have to be. Angel's also a first, but he's the only one in his immediate family to be going on to college. My name is Angel Delatore, a future U of M student. I intend to pursue a medical career. I grew up with parents that didn't attend college, you know. Um, only my mother graduated from high school. They always wanted me to do push further in life, further than they did, you know, even though they um, came here as immigrants. It's definitely a lot of pressure. Um, I grew up with three younger sisters, so, you know, I was always the one that has to set the pace for everyone else, you know, make sure that everybody stays on track so that they have a good role model to look up to. And my parents have just been on me on that, you know, they kept reminding me over throughout the years that, you know, you have to do the best you can so that your sisters will be able to follow in your footsteps. The end of high school is all about choices. But there are things in life that we don't always get to choose. I mean, sometimes they're chosen for us. I met five students, and each of them had some very real obstacles that they didn't have a say in. I bet they probably wouldn't have chosen them if given the chance. I was so amazed to see these young people hold their obstacles up, scrutinize them, and instead of asking, will I get over them, it was just, how the heck am I going to? I know I spend so much time wishing the challenges of my life away, thinking if only this weren't the case, well, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be successful. But these kids had moments where they were like, how can I possibly make it? How is this going to work? I think that they found that after crossing the finish line, their obstacles made their successes just that much more sweet. Hey, it's Jocelyn. It's 10.44 a.m. April 18th, and I'm, I'm really anxious. I'm waiting for my case letter. It has not come yet. It hasn't come yet. But, you know, uh, I'm going to just check the mail again because I'm always checking the mail. It's a great day. I was hot. Oh, my God. Congratulations, we are very pleased to inform you of your selection as one of the 1,000 kids on the scholars for the GMS class of 2015. Oh my god. I'm a 
plenty of scholar. <laughs> the thing that woke me up while I was doing my essays for Gates was they weren't asking about your academics. They were asking about you. So I realized that, you know, it's it's an it's important aspect, of course, but I need to be more concerned about, like, the holistic aspects of myself, not just academics. Because when I'm gone, I don't want people to just say, you know, she achieved all A's or she was just smart. I want them to say that, you know, she left a legacy. She was a really kind person. She helped out. So I learned that I just, yeah, I just, I just need to really calm down about school. I mean, school isn't life. The world is just so big. I mean, I have so much time to learn who I am. I'm still learning who I am. My um, AP English teacher, she had us make bios over the weekend so that we can have like student presentation walls and all that. So, and we had to have a quote that um, related to us. And I'm not um, super religious, but it was from Galadians 6-9. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. <laughs> Jocelyn Weiss Jade Burns By the power invested in me I now pronounce you As graduates of Pastor My thanks to Lisa Phillips, principal of Cass Technical High School. So cool and so supportive of this project. When I wrote her back in January of 2015, she replied really quickly with four words. Yes, we are interested. With a bunch of exclamation points, all caps. <laughs> oh wait, it's not recording. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi, Shelby. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> wow, how do you feel? I feel and thanks to everyone at Detroit Public Schools for giving us the green light. Angel, there you are. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Hey, Jocelyn. Wow. I was clapping so hard for you when they gave you your shadow as the Bill Gates uh, scholarship. On the next beginning of the end, maybe a companion story to this one, but it's about a teacher on a mission to make his students' lives better who begins to doubt if he's making a difference anymore. I don't feel successful anymore. I feel like I feel like I can never do enough. Kids aren't necessarily going to learn to read just because for one hour a day I beg and plead with them to borrow a book from my library of thousands of books that I've gotten from my own money. The Beginning of the End is a production of WDET, and today's episode was produced by Shelby Jopi and edited by me and Laura Weber Davis. Music by Detroit's own Pasalacqua. Check them out at pasalacquamusic.com. And that's spelled P-A-S-S-A-L-A-C-Q-U-A. Okay, got it? I'm Alex Trujano on Twitter at Detroit, and so is this show at B-O-T-E Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or however you get your audio shows. But listen, if you like us, please take a couple of minutes and write a review in iTunes because it helps us grow the show. And I know it's a drag, but I would really appreciate it because I'm assuming since you're listening right now, you want us to grow too, right? Right. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. So listen, this is huge. I'm gathering stories for a future episode called The End of Giving a Sh. That's right. 
I want to talk about that moment when you finally decide that you don't give a shit what other people think of you. Or when you decided that a certain worry or fear that gripped you would no longer control your life. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So send me a short voice memo or email me at beginningoftheend at wdet.org. Big thanks to our sponsor, Detroit Bikes, who encourage cycling by making an accessible, well-made bicycle while continuing Detroit's legacy of quality manufacturing and design. Check them out at DetroitBikes.com. Go to our website, beginningoftheend.org, and sign up for our mailing list. And I promise we won't share your information. There's also some great photos of Jocelyn, James, Brenda, Angel, everybody, and a little update on each of their lives. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that. And we'll see you next time. The End.